Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly. Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula, limited to one free beaker per customer, but stay two nights, January 2021, free growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing, and tell them Nuana's Now sent you. I told them you could have my cash, but first you know I gotta ask what made you wanna live this kind of life. He said that. Money don't grow on trees. Unless you bought GameStop when it was $3 a share. But who knows, you still might lose it all. It is Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can find it on the podcast. The podcast is available on all your podcasting platforms. You can also go to 102.9 ESPN.com and just click on the podcast tab. The podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. And the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. 
Want to give us a call? You want to shoot us a text? 361-3688. That's 361-3688. We're going out to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line to welcome in, like we do every other Tuesday, Justin Angle, professor of business at the University of Montana. It is a business angle, also proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. And we have a lot to get into, including uh, Super Bowl stuff and uh, a couple other interesting points. But first and foremost, the story that has captivated the entire American consciousness for about the last week and a half is the story of GameStop and a potential and speculated short sale in the stock market, a business that a lot of people projected was going to go out of business and become completely antiquated. Instead, had stock prices soaring close to $400 at one point, and then it's been like riding a roller coaster ever since. And uh, I can't explain this nearly as articulately as an expert can, so we're just going to let you explain this to us, Justin. Tell us just exactly where we're at with this phenomenon that has been GameStop and the stock market and everything in between. One, if I'm an expert or can explain it, but I will say it has been a gift for somebody with my job as, as somebody who teaches business. Uh, we had a wonderful conversation about it with um, my freshman class yesterday because we just, you know, you talk about like, what's a stock? What determines the price? How can people bet against stocks? And then that, that sort of, you get, you get on the same page with some vocabulary. Um, you know, in one way, Coulter, this boils down to a simple story. It's like who has the power in the market and what does a stock price represent? Um, those are kind of simple ideas uh, in one sense, but there's a whole lot of more complicated and um, spinoff ideas that are also at play here. Um, yeah, I mean, where do you want to start? You want to start with like what, what my theory of the case is or, or where I think it's going to go? Well, let's start with the, the, the way that this is sort of tied into sports because yeah. I think there's a lot of yeah. different ties into sports. Specifically, one of the guys that has been um, promoting and purporting this has been Dave Portnoy. He's the founder of Barstool Sports, and Portnoy has gone from sort of a um, fringe is the wrong word, but sort of a, an outsider in the sports media industry to then an absolutely massive disruptor in the sports media industry, and his platform has become enormous. He himself has become very wealthy. He himself has become very influential, and he does these TikToks spouting off on all sorts of issues. But one thing that he's really been hammering is the stock market. And with this new ability for the common man, so to speak, to buy even just um, shares and fractions of stocks using apps like Robinhood, then all of a sudden that influence can actually set and create a market. And that in itself is fascinating. Mm -hmm. But just take us through sort of the connection between sports and this phenomenon that then has occurred on the stock market. Yeah, I mean, I think we, that, that's a great observation. I, I think we sort of have to understand this um, GameStop story within the overall context of the moment we're living through, um, both today and over the last year or so. I mean, when the pandemic hit, you know, things like Las Vegas shut down, things like um, professional sports shut down, and to some degree those, those sort of um, – those pieces of entertainment in many ways has opened back up, but immediately there was no place to go if you were in gambling. 
And we saw, you know, the rise of Robinhood in that time. And we saw, you know, a lot more people starting to invest in the stock market. And I don't know even if invest is the right word. I mean, invest, it sort of implies that you're buying a piece of a company because you believe in their business model. We saw people sort of getting involved in the stock market in a betting sense. And in some ways, you know, more access, you know, in some ways, like an app like Robinhood is great in that it it kind of democratizes the stock market in the sense that it makes it more accessible. You know, not many people can buy a share of Tesla stock at $4,000, but, you know, Robinhood allows you to buy fractions of shares, you know, for whatever amount you want to invest. And so, yeah, we saw a lot of activity there and, you know, a lot of people with, with more sort of disposal time. And, you know, the, the data would suggest that uh, savings rates are through the roof during the pandemic. And, you know, maybe you have some stimulus check money on your hands and uh, you want to play the markets because you can't bet on the games. And so, yeah, that's just like fertile ground for this moment. And then you layer on all these cultural factors, too, like we're in this moment where, like, people are angry with the experts, Right? People sort of feel like they've been left behind by a lot of the institutions, um, whether that's the government, whether that's the CDC, whether that's, you know, who knows what it is, the stock market being one of those institutions. So here was a moment where, you know, the, the masses sort of saw an opportunity to stick it to the man, the man being hedge fund managers and, and sort of the, you know, the titans of Wall Street, and they jumped on that opportunity, some because they saw an opportunity to make a, mo- a lot of money, and then others just kind of for the fun of it. And I think that for the fun of it narrative is interesting too, um, because that's not ordinarily a reason why somebody makes trades in the stock market. I mean, sure, there's a rush associated with it for some, but people just sort of piling on for the fun of it is, um, is an interesting dynamic too. Justin Engle joining us. It's a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications every other Tuesday right here on Nuanez now, usually in the five o'clock hour. That's an interesting element of this too, Justin, is the fact that there's a there's a competitive element to gambling. I think that the mm-hmm. fact that there is sports gambling now, it accentuates that competitive element because now you can be involved in a direct and tangible fashion with games that you would no, otherwise have nothing but an emotional attachment to. Now you can have a financial attachment to that game that you might be betting on or that performance you might be betting on. And I think that it is interesting, too, because we've seen the competitiveness trickle into gambling, buying and selling things online, particularly when it comes to sports memorabilia, and now stocks. So what is your analysis in terms of um, the influence, the impact, and also maybe the health or lack thereof that it can have on the overall economy when you talk about people like you just said? It's a completely new phenomenon for people to just be not even investing, but doing the, doing uh, stock trading for the fun of it. How does that affect then just the landscape as a whole and the health of an overall economy? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I think that, you know, there's always been speculators in the market of various types, professional speculators, amateur speculators, whatever. Um, it's a bit idealistic to think that the stock market and stock prices should represent um, what the market thinks the actual value of a company is. And I say value, meaning like how good business models do they have? What is that? What are their prospects for future earnings and, and sustaining those earnings? And you know, we like to think that a market capitalization reflects that. 
No, but there's there's been this kind of speculation type creating, um, whether you're just betting on momentum or other factors, uh, that has kind of been in there too. So what we're seeing now isn't necessarily new, but I think the tools and the, the moment we're in kind of accelerates it. And I think too, like you hinted at this a moment ago, there's a performative aspect here. You know, if you, if, if you follow the Reddit thread um, or subreddit Wall Street Bets, or if you follow social media, you know, when we suggest that people are, are in this trade for the fun of it, you know, there is a social value that people derive from kind of displaying that they've done something spectacular, whether that's a sports bet or a stock bet. And what I mean by spectacular, meaning like just stands out in some way. Maybe it makes them a ton of money. Maybe it loses them a ton of money. Maybe it goes against the conventional wisdom. But there is this kind of performative effect that's now sort of carried over into stock trading. Um, and I don't know, I don't think, I don't think we know yet, but, but I think we have a pretty good idea that social media in general is not healthy for us, and just in terms of the psychological effects it has on us. Um, and now, like, if, if you wrap in people kind of putting their dollars at risk, uh, that could have really big implications as well. And it's destabilizing. I mean, that's one of the things I think, you know, the, the traditional power brokers on Wall Street, and believe me, I'm not, I don't have no sympathy for the hedge fund managers in this. Um, <laughs> I, think you're, you're, I think you're in a massive group of people that are, we're all, this is the whole most crazy part about this, right? Is we've become so divided as a country, and the one thing that brought us all together was just right. sticking it to the hedge fund guys. Yeah, totally. But it does introduce some, some like, sort of uh, instability in the system, if you will. And, and it's great to see the little guy have his or her day, but, you know, in the long run, I think the deck is stacked a little against the little guy, right? When you have, like, a lot of people making small trades versus a small number of people making really big trades, unfortunately, that too-big-to-fail um, idiom comes back into play, and a lot of these hedge funds are so big that if you let them fail – the ripple effects, you know, could be devastating to the entire economy. And that, that sort of risk in the system is dangerous. And we haven't really figured out how to, how to resolve it. It is Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Justin Angle joining us. It is a Business Angle podcast presented by Blackfoot Communications. It airs right here on Nuanas Now during the 5 o'clock hour every other Tuesday. You can also find it as a standalone podcast on 1029ESPN.com or on all your various podcasting platforms. And I could talk about this forever, Justin, but we do have a couple other things to get to. I've been reading the Wall Street Journal more than I ever have in my life because of the fascination with this exact thing, but it led us then to a piece about the NFL and the massive study that they've done when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic the spread and some of the statistics that we found from it, but then also to put it in perspective, the fact that we finally reached the end of the NFL season and the NFL, like a lot of sports leagues, but probably more thoroughly than any other professional sports league, absolutely uh, trudged through and, and no hardly any cancellations uh, during this in, entire 20 plus week um, saga. And so you read this article as well. What are some of the things that stood out to you? Well, I mean, I think we see an organization that's invested in in understanding the data 
you know, collecting the data, understanding it, and making decisions that are data-driven, and, and, and being agile. I mean, yes, they did make it through the season. It did seem precarious at a moment, like when we had that outbreak with the Titans, um, but we learned a lot from that, and kind of the, the, the key takeaways the NFL learned through the close to one million tests that they conducted between August and January, you know, that's like 7,000 tests a week, um, they learned that coronavirus, at least in the NFL player population, could be, could be trans transmitted um, in situations that were um, kind of within the recommendations of the CDC. So what I mean by that is, like, they detected transmission in close contacts that were less than 15 minutes. They detected transmissions in situations where people were more than six feet apart. And so they were realizing that whether it's the nature of, you know, their facilities or you know, the types of interactions their players were having in practice and in tape sessions or wherever, that they needed to be more aggressive with their protocols. And so they made quick changes to, to sort of develop policy around cumulative time of contact, distance, ventilation. And I think in many ways, like understanding the data and making policy based on those data you know, really kind of are what saved the season. And compliance. I mean, there, there were some cases early on of guys getting suspended for, you know, you know, what was that? Like, we talked about the Denver Broncos. They were down to like three quarterbacks or one quarterback, right? Or no quarterbacks because their three quarterbacks had sort of violated the rules and there was a penalty there. Well, you know, we were a little harsh on those penalties at the time, but, you know, maybe that was what the NFL needed to do to get compliance and make it through the season because those cases of um, sort of players not abiding by the even stricter policies, we didn't hear stories like that toward the end of the season. So you know, I think this is a success story in the sense that you have, you know, an institution, an organization that, you know, learned from data and made agile decisions to, uh, to protect its business. And I think really you got to go back to August for this too, because when the NFL started, if you would have put a percentage poll out there of what's the percentage chance they're going to finish the season, number one, but finish without any cancellations at all, number two, pretty impressive in its own right. Justin, how groundbreaking do you think the NFL going through the last couple of months? Has it been just the advanced research stage that you were talking about compared to, you just talked about it with uh, the GameStop angle and everything in between of just being the common folk, right? And, and sticking it to the man, so to speak, just having that model um, for the NFL of it being you know, as big of a platform as it is, how groundbreaking was it for all of us to maybe watch the NFL of how they did enforce those protocols that, okay, this works, this doesn't. I don't want to say guinea pig, but kind of in the sense where NF the NFL is so high profile, how beneficial was it to kind of for all of us to see how they navigated through it and how they eventually, it is a success story now that we've gotten to Super Bowl week. Well, we'll sort of have to see how that plays out. I mean, I like to think of it as a moment where, you know, an institution made good decisions, right, and was able to change course midstream and, and get its people to comply. Um, you know, I, I think we need a little bit more of that in our society. Like, I don't know why coronavirus has become so politicized and mask wearing has become so politicized. Um, it's a little baffling to me. Let's follow the data and learn from it and make, you know, and be able to sort of understand, like the whole thing with masks from the beginning, there was some confusion, bad communication, um, policies were changing, 
And that creates doubt, right? And so I I think there is a lot to learn, not only in terms of how we make policy, um, but also how we communicate it and get people to buy into it. You know, the NFL has a lot of levers um, that, you know, society, state governments, county county health departments, federal governments don't necessarily have. But um, I do think there's a lot to learn here. And, you know, and the key takeaway to me is, like, like, coronavirus can be managed can be managed effectively. Um, and there, there are risks associated with it, but, but it seems like the, you know, first the NBA and then the NFL are pretty good case studies on how to do it. A Business Angle with Justin Angle every other Tuesday right here on Nuwana is now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, presented by Blackfoot Communications. And Justin, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, uh, the fun part of the Super Bowl, or at least one of the most fun parts of the Super Bowl, and that's the Super Bowl ads. We were talking in segment one. Uh, one of the things that I'm most excited for is just to see all of the ways that the game is different, from the presentation of it to the atmosphere within the stadium, uh, to the pre- and post-game, to everything, everything that's going to happen on Super Bowl Sunday. But then another interesting factor is just all the different changes and how much different it's likely going to be in between plays, in between when the game is not being played, when it is commercial time. So what sort of uh, differences and changes have we been able to confirm that you, that maybe you expect to be different this Sunday? Yeah, I mean, a lot's going to be different in terms of, you know, just the number of people in the stands and so forth. Um, and, you know, we're learning, I think in our last conversation, we talked about how the, you know, some of the bigger players were, were, were backing out. Um, Coke and, and Pepsi, for example, at that point, the Super Bowl had supply, the inventory had not yet sold out. It didn't sell out until just last week, the 27th. That's pretty late in the game. Um, and, you know, after the, our, our last conversation, we learned that Budweiser was leaving the game. And, you know, kind of thought about, like, why would Budweiser skip out on the game? It's the first time in 37 years. Um, they announced that they were putting the funds toward vaccine awareness instead. But you got to think from Budweiser's perspective, like, think about what that brand represents and particularly how it communicates um, what the brand's about in the Super Bowl. I mean, they do it through patriotism. They do it through Americana. And it's just a tough moment to, I think, hit that particular note right at the moment. It would seem too risky. Like, even great execution could, could be a mess. Um, you know, I think other brands um, operate in that space, too, particularly with Super Bowl. So it gets me thinking that, you know, that the type of advertising, the theme of it, is going to be less sort of draped in the flag than we've seen in the past. Um, and the other thing, too, is like a lot of the other big brands are out. Like the auto segment is really underrepresented. The likes of Audi and BMW and, and Lexus, Mercedes, Hyundai, Ford, they're sitting it out. So there's a lot of newbies coming in. Firms like DoorDash and Fiverr and Vroom and Mercari, like these are in DraftKings and Chipotle, like new brands, not all in the tech sector, mostly in the tech sector. Um, but it'll just be really interesting to see how they portray their brands and kind of play in this space that's really a big stage. I mean, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on these brands for the first time ever, and we'll see kind of how they choose to represent themselves uh, I'm really, I'm really excited. I don't exactly know what to predict. Some, some ads, some brands have sort of foreshadowed their ads, but um, yeah, we'll sort of have to wait and see it.
Oh, and it's a groundbreaking moment, too, for some of these newbies that you just mentioned. That This is, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of financial backing to, to get a Super Bowl ad in between. So I guess my, my question to you, Justin, the biggest surprises, the biggest surprises to you of who is jumping into the ring here and uh, taking the plunge of a Super Bowl ad, and also of the ones that you just mentioned, who's the biggest surprise that is maybe taking a year off with uh, Super Bowl ads? Yeah, I mean, Budweiser was a big surprise to me, 37-year run, and, you know, and, and, and in some ways, like, I, I was sort of disappointed. You know, I mentioned before, like, how kind of fraught political time this is. Um, you know, I remember, what was it, 2002 Super Bowl ad, the first Super Bowl after 9-11, that Budweiser ad, you know, that was a tearjerker. It was like it just sort of grounded you. Okay, you know, if the world is right, there's a, there's the Super Bowl and the Budweiser ad, and you know, it felt like um, a lot of America kind of needed that. And so I'll I'll miss that. Um, you know, whatever the message is, just seeing those Clydesdales is helpful at the moment. Um, as far as the newbies go, surprises. I mean, if you look at some of these companies, a lot of these companies, I I really not have a lot of familiar with uh, familiarity with, like Fiverr, for example. They're an online freelance job site. Um, DoorDash makes sense, right? They're, they're gobbling up share under this sort of existence we're living in. It's kind of these uh, online operators, whether it's food delivery or, or distributed job service or some sort of an online marketplace. These are categories, like the companies that are investing in this moment, the, the new players, you know, it's surprising to see new brands in a space but in other ways, it's not surprising because so much of the, the you know our spending uh, habits are moving towards these types of services under the under sort of this COVID nineteen environment, right? Whether it's online marketplace or food delivery or whatever. Um, so in one, one ways, it's surprising because you know, we just don't know these brands that they're, they're new to the party. But in other ways, you know, it makes sense um, that those sort of uh, businesses are gobbling up share. He's Justin Angle. It is a business angle every other Tuesday right here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide on SWX Montana Television. You can also find this interview in podcast form as well on all your podcasting platforms and 1029ESPN.com. And Justin, you also have your own podcast, the New Angle Podcast, one of the best going anywhere in the world. Tell us what's going on at the New Angle right now. What, uh, what sort of stuff you got cooking? Yeah, we had a great episode released today with this really amazing woman in our community, Amy Allison Thompson. She is the executive director of the Pavarella Center. And so, you know, when I spoke to Amy a while back for this interview, I was sort of thinking about, like, you know, a lot of our jobs have been made more difficult by COVID, but um, it's hard for me to think of a person in a leadership position whose job has been made more difficult than Amy. So it was interesting to learn about her approach to that. Um, we kind of dispelled some of the, the common uh, misperceptions or misconceptions about homelessness. And, uh, yeah, it's a good listen, um, particularly if you're interested in, in the well-being of the community. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff, a New Angle podcast as well as a business angle with Justin. Justin, it's always a pleasure. We'll talk to you here in a couple weeks and enjoy yourself uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Indeed, you as well. Be well, fellas. It is a business angle with Justin Angle each and every, I guess, every other, I should say, Tuesday right here on Nuanez. Now, we got to get out. We're late. Treasure State Stars, Youth Sports, and all things Super Bowl coming at you. Nuanez now. 
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Welcome back. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide SWX Montana. Riley Corker, the voice of the Grizz. Joining me, Coulter Nuanez, in studio as he does every Tuesday. And uh, happy to have him here. It's time for our Treasure State Stars. It is presented in part by Missoula Electric Co-op as well as Parkside Credit Union. We give you half a dozen during basketball season. We're doing three men, three women, three young men, three young women from around youth athletics from around the state of Montana that had outstanding performances uh, over the weekend or just in recent Days and weeks. Number one for our Treasure State Stars, Quinn Wolferman. He's a Missoula Big Sky graduate. Uh, he's in his early 20s, but we have to highlight this dude because, first of all, he was on the show last Wednesday. It was a great interview. But he's in the X Games this last week. The X Games. The X Games on ESPN, on ABC, on national TV, representing from Missoula, Montana. And uh, he was really, really good. He got third in the Knuckle Huck, which is a new event, and he's become one of the pioneers and premier Competitors in that event, he also got top 10 in the slope style and in the big air in Aspen. So pretty cool to see Missoula, Montana on the national stage. You ever get into freestyle skiing? Uh, (laughs) You want to see me going down? No chance. I watch those X Games guys and just think I'm in total amazement that it's just next level. Kind of what they can do. There's a lot. I mean, we watch a lot of sports, right? And the wow factor, I think the more you watch sports, the less the wow factor is there because just by product, you watch a lot. The X Games, to me, is still wow factor because you don't see it all the time. And when you watch those guys and gals, you're thinking, really? Did they just do that? I've exactly. never tried some of that stuff. It's like our boy Sean Rainey said. He said, the lure is there's very few sports where if you went and did it at the highest level, you might die. <laughs> This, you actually might die. Yes. So <laughs> I think that's what where the courage comes from. It is Treasure State Stars presented in part by Missoula Electric Co-op. In the fall of 2018, Missoula Electric Co-op launched an 189-panel array and 54.8-kilowatt system MEC Solar Share K3 Garden atop the roof at Kettle House Brewing Company, third location in Bonner. That has been a great contribution to the community uh, and a, a great Effort in environmentalism. Was Electric Co-op also for $650. Members can purchase the output of a K3 panel, and it will automatically be eligible for the Renew a Mug Club, which will entitle the owner to a complimentary mug and one free beer per day at the K3 Tap Room for up to 25 years. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Treasure State star number two, Maya Hansen. She's one of the best players for the top-ranked Billing Central Rams. They completed a weekend sweep. Uh, over the weekend, including a 48-43 win over number three, Haver. 
That's one of the biggest wins in Class A so far this entire season. Hanson scored 19 points to lead the Rams. They are now 10-0. and They also defeated number two Harden on Friday. So they beat the number two and number three teams in the state. I think you could say the Billings Central girls got a pretty good stranglehold on Class A. Alma mater, pride, Ram yeah, pride right. for me right there, too. Dude, they have some of the most outstanding girls teams in the state right now because they, they've they gone three out of four in volleyball, and they're dominating in basketball, and too. My, my Hanson, what a great story. I mean, the Lady Grizz commit, of course, but yep. to come over to transfer from Laurel to Billing Central for people that maybe are on the west side of the state, they don't realize that that's that's transferring to your arch rival. I mean, arch rival, a, big time, a, and to do that to have the success, yes. If you're if you're committing to a Division One program before your sophomore year, you are pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Treasure State star number three, Jace Fitzgerald. He's a Montana State football commit. Pretty darn good at basketball as well. He's got the Dylan Beavers, number one in the state, and they stayed there after a nice 57-48 win at Frenchtown. Frenchtown was a top-five team when that game uh, occurred. So, Jason Fitzgerald, future, I don't know what he's going to be about Tennessee. Maybe an outside linebacker, maybe a, a tight end. Who knows? But he's an athlete, and he's a great one as well. Another interesting note on Dylan, Terry Thomas, longtime Dylan football coach. He's coaching hoops now. No way. So, they <laughs> Terry Thomas is producing more college athletes than anybody in the state for a long time. Fitzgerald, one note, maybe safety? No? Yeah, he could be safety. Yeah, he could be safety. I kind of think safety, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Treasure State star number three, Emma Barris. She poured in 21 points and hauled down 11 rebounds as Big Fork came from behind to surprise number three, Missoula Loyola. 54-37, 54-37, so a huge win for Big Fork. Emma Barrett, 21 points and 11 rebounds, a double-double for her. Treasure State star number five, Jade Wendland. She had 28 points and was 14 of 19 from the free throw line to lead North Star past Box Hill. That's a big rivalry up on the high line, 71-67. Another note from that game, Kyla Momberg, who I, I imagine is probably related to the, the Lady Grizz with a similar last name. She had 27 points, 9 rebounds uh, in the losing effort. So 28-27 for a couple young ladies up there uh, in a high-line rivalry. Pretty darn impressive. And Treasure State star number 6. I think we should just put him on here every week because the kid's putting up Eric Hankel numbers right now. I mean, if you do the math, he's got to be averaging 25-plus points per game, which in Montana high school basketball is absolutely ridiculous. But Alex German, Missoula Sentinel senior and Montana State commit, he had 28 points at as Sentinel pounded Butte 86 to 50. Treasure State Stars brought to you in part by Parkside Credit Union, the best mobile and online banking experience in Montana. Parkside Credit Union always investing in tech and always saying yes. Parkside Credit Union, the best place to get a loan in Western Montana. They love to say yes, and we are so happy to have them on board. What do you got? I did do some deep dive, and I looked up here at uh, Alex Germer's stats. And we're going to have to start looking at this, right? As sure. far as like, ranking all-time at the double-A rank. For sure, because for sure. we see it. You have a standout at ABC rank, yeah, whatever yeah. it might be. Anyway, Germer, 24 points per game it's right now. Good. We're going to keep a track around that every Tuesday. I can really only think of a couple guys off the top of my head that have averaged that many or more points at the double-A level. Eric Hankel at Missoula Sentinel years ago, probably about 20 years ago now. Uh, Brian Lynch at Great Falls High was a really good one when I was in high school. But, man, over 20 points per game in Montana high school basketball is incredible. 58% from the floor and over 45% from three. The guy, he's on a mission right he's now. He's on a mission for sure, and I think Montana State's really excited to get him. Transition now to the Treasure State Stars. We've got to give some more youth sports love. Carolyn stopped by earlier today to give us a little uh, youth sports update. Well, we have a lot of things that happen on Tuesdays around here. I don't really know why that is. Once a month, Tuesdays, we have our Sports Medicine Journal. Every other Tuesday, we have the Business Angle with Justin Angle. And once a month on Tuesdays, we also have our youth sports segment presented by Pepsi-Cola of Missoula. 
And we have a familiar guest as our youth sports segment guest today. Usually, Carolyn stops by on Fridays for your favorite segment, The Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports. But instead, she's here in her role as a uh, mother and supporting supporter of youth skiing. So, Carolyn, welcome. And uh, tell us, what's going on in the world of youth skiing? So much to tell you about, folks. Just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to make it quick. I'm going to make it easy. The Discovery Ski Team is the bomb, all right? These guys yep. take these kids ages five through high school up on the mountain. They teach them how to ski. They teach them how to race if they want to go down that road. They've got a race team. It is a well-oiled machine, and um, we have a lot of families involved, which is amazing, but we're always trying to raise money to make it even better. It's a very expensive sport. You just you need, you need resources to be able to participate at a high level. It's true, and... Um, the ski team, you got to pay these coaches. Every ski team member gets a special red coat. If you've ever been up to disco on mm-hmm, a Saturday, mm-hmm. you see all the little red coats. They get that coat for the season, um, and they're really nice and fancy. They have a nice little place for the kids. It's just an awesome, awesome program. So the reason I'm here today is for two things. One, on a couple Fridays ago, I mentioned I was selling raffle tickets. You did? For $20 a piece. Yep. First prize is a pair of skis. Nice. Second prize is a five-pack pass to Discovery. Super good prize. Not one of your listeners emailed me. Oh, come on. Not one. Do we even give them the email address, though? I think well, we I have, did. I think we might have <laughs> forgot to tell them where to get a hold of you. So this is easy, right? You're taking them in your work email? Yeah, assume. email me. Carolyn at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Carolyn, just how you think it's spelled. You're not even giving the right email address. What is it? It's Carolyn, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N, at MissoulaBroadcasting.com. Right. That's There's no company. Oh, that's right. She's in right. I work here too. He doesn't even know his own email. Okay, <laughs> so you can email me and I will get you a raffle ticket. This is so great. The drawing will be um, held on February 27th. Now, this is the other thing I want to tell you about. The cookie race is once a year. Cookie race. The okay. Discovery Discovery puts on a little race and anyone can do it. So if you have kids who want to try racing, it is so fun and chill and it isn't. The only thing you have to worry about is getting the cookie at the end. It is really great. February 27th, um, you sign up that day. You just show up that morning and it's $10. That also goes to Discovery Ski Team. So if you want to find more information out about that, you can go to the Discovery Ski Team Facebook page or you can visit discoveryskiteam.com. And there's lots of information on the ski team and everything they do. Otherwise, email me to buy a raffle ticket, Carolyn, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N, at MissoulaBroadcasting.com. You can also find all this information on Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula. We'll post it a couple times. Supporting the kids, keeping them off the streets. You that's know. right, on the slopes, off oh, the streets. That's right, there's your slogan. That's their new, lo- that's, their new slogan. That's exactly right. I was really concerned about Ben and Nick uh, hitting yeah, the streets, too. seriously. No, they're, they're really derelict-type kids. Yep, yep. Well, Carolyn, thank you. We appreciate it. It is the Pepsi Cola Youth Sports segment. Pepsi Cola in Missoula, proud supporter of youth sports all around the Garden City. Nuwana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television, Riley Corcoran in studio with me. We're going to talk a whole bunch of things Super Bowl right after this.
Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly. Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula, limited to one freebie per customer, but stay two nights, January 2021, free growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing, and tell them Nuanas Now sent you. a strange phenomenon when nothing's been going on and all of a sudden so much is going on that you're three hours and 45 minutes into the week of talk radio right here on 1290 ESPN Missoula on Nuanas Now where we've hardly even sniffed the Super Bowl. It's truly amazing. But we're glad to have stuff going on. No question about it. It is 1290 ESPN Missoula. You are watching us on SWX Montana Television if you are watching us on the TV. And it is time to talk a little Super Bowl. Ryan Corker, by the way, voice of the Grizz in studio with me. Uh, he's having his last bit of fun before he rides a bus for nine hours. Jeez. <laughs> but uh, he'll be heading to Portland State, and uh, next week he'll have a whole bunch of feedback for us from the City of Roses. It's going to be weird, though, going to a big metropolitan area. Like, you've already been to SAC, so you already know. Those cities are weird, right? It, way weird, but it's going to be different because we're actually staying downtown. Okay. I mean, I was I get the itinerary a couple days before, yeah. and they go, okay, well, this, this place I could pick up food here and there, and sure. might want to check out that watering hole. Not the case. I mean, there, there's no dine-in seating. There's no anything. No. So to be, it is going to feel different in a ghost town. We're going to be right across the street from the Moda Center where the Blazers play. Amazing. Nothing to do. So I, w- I will give you the full report Monday. I uh, am not looking forward to 18 hours. I, I will tell you this. A lot of podcasts out there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, once we were talking about the new angle with Justin Angle, yeah, yeah. Nuana is now yeah. inside the den. You know, you need it, some Grizz greats the coaching yes, tree in your life, dude. Those I guys, do. Those guys will thrill you. I'll tell you. Oh, Just start at the beginning, man. Jim Brandenburg, it's no question. I'm not bragging about me. I'm bragging about him. <laughs> He's the greatest 85-year-old interviewee you've ever heard in your life. It's not even close. It's not even close. His memory is unbelievable. I could When we first called him, I was like, man, 
I just thought this is going to be like a 15 minute podcast. I don't know how much we're going to be able to get out of this guy. Hour and a half later, here we are. So great. That is awesome. And the greatest parting line he ever had. He said, I love the city of Missoula and the Bobcats can kiss my bleep. And it was just (laughs) so funny. Mic drop. Exactly. Mic drop. It was, it was totally classic, but we digress. Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting. How about that? The Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, in Super Bowl 55, all the national storylines are going to gravitate toward two things, the quarterback battle and uh, the accentuation of legacies for both Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, as well as what it means for these two coaches, Bruce Arians, a well-revered and respected but also journeyman-like career to this point against Andy Reid, a guy who was much maligned at the beginning of his career for not being able to win the big one, who now has a chance to really put a stamp on being among, if not the best coaches of his generation. Isn't it phenomenal, though, that how one game flips the entire narrative, really, of some guys' career? And I, I think Andy Reid kind of falls in that category, right? There was so much pressure and buildup. Can he win the big game? I mean, they had so many chances. Donovan McNabb, the Eagles, everything in between. But yeah, very solid head coach, but can never get over the top. And now, all of a sudden... It's more of, oh, he's going to have a five-year run. We expect to win three or four Super Bowls in between. I, it is crazy to see how the legacy flips. And then all the way now to Bruce Arians, someone that sure. wasn't even head coach a couple of years ago. And now it's, okay, if they win, is he a Hall of Fame coach? Right. I mean, that's how quickly that right. these things flip. And that is why when people, maybe they don't follow it every single day, wonder, well, why is the Super Bowl so big? I mean, because seriously, guys' careers change. No in a three-hour window that we're going to see on Sunday. And it's so fun because there are so many storylines. I mean, you could go anywhere to talk about the, the quarterback battle, right? But I think there's so many that are kind of hidden in the weeds a little bit. How about the the former Steelers both making it back, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell against pretty, each other? Pretty good, yeah. Right? I mean, they, they were the— In diminished roles, to be sure, but that all that is fascinating. That they're pointing at Bruce Arians also with a little bit of— A little bit of Steelers exactly. background. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, like, like those are the things that I like getting into. And I know you do as well, the battle in the trenches. And I think that you mentioned in the first hour, Fisher being out, Tampa Bay's pass rush. Yep. How is that going to change? But maybe— even more fascinating, how's it going to change Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy's play calling and the strategy behind it? Do they try and do anything different, or is it more of, hey, we know he's, a, he's our best offensive lineman, but we're still going to do what we do because we're better than you? Well, and I think that Mahomes is so transcendently great because he can avoid pressure so well, and when you put pressure on him, which is the key to slowing down any elite quarterback, he can utterly dice you, and it's because he has, among if not the greatest Option route running tight ends in the history of football. Travis Kelsey, he's just a walking first down. That's all he is. I mean, if you put pressure on Mahomes, he's going to find his tight end. Uh, I got a couple questions for you. One, is this the greatest supporting cast Tom Brady's ever had on his way to the Super Bowl? Oh, man. I, I would have to say yes. I think so. A team that is totally equipped to build all the weapons around him. And I know I, that's an immediate answer on that because you have to go back to the 18-0 and 0 team, right? Sure, I mean, sure, but sure. that was a well-oiled machine at that point. If it you was. really just break down the roster personnel, I would make the argument that this is the best team around. Why did he choose Tampa Bay? Because he was promised that we are going to do this around you. And lo and behold, everyone hates it because they want him to lose. But lo and behold, the plan worked out. He picked a random destination, at least at a time, to uh, not a st- franchise that's not really storied by any scope of the imagination. Sure. They put pieces around them, and lo and behold, they're in the Super Bowl in one year. So 
I would lean towards yes. I'll, I'll take a stand on that. I will. How about you? I think that uh, it's pretty impossible to do better than Randy Moss and uh, who was the tight end back? Ben Watson. Yep. And, you know, I mean, that's a pretty tough duo. And then you have some of the I mean, Wes Welker. I mean, that that skill skill wise, I don't think that this group is quite there yet. Although I do think that they have a lot of really talented players, skill wise. Uh, the other thing in New England, they always had great offensive lines. I think this is a great offensive line in Tampa Bay, but I think that that's probably on par. New England had always had such a great defensive identity. Part of that's because of Belichick, but they also they built it around several key pieces and then several cheap pieces. That was why they were able to get by. And then anytime they got a guy that maybe got a tad long in the tooth that was one of the expensive guys, on down the road, we're getting a bunch of draft picks, bringing more guys. But as far as just pure individual talent, I think that Tampa Bay has among, if not the best front sevens in the entire NFL. I think that they have absolutely, for teams that run 3-4 defenses, the two best inside linebackers in the league in Levante David and Devin White. The return of Vita Vea is huge. You talk about Vita Vea and Dominican Sue. I mean, they're edge guys. Shaq Barrett led the league in sacks last year. Not a lot of people know that. Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, he had the whole uh, outlandish story with blowing his hand off with the fireworks, but he, he can still play. And so, I mean, I think that defensively, talent-wise, here's the thing. Belichick's teams were always so ex- – they were so disciplined. They executed so well. He was such a good play caller, such a good game planner. This Tampa Bay team, man for man, though, is exceptionally talented. And I think that that part boosts up Brady and the rest of the Bucks, to be sure. Okay, what I have another question for you. There's a narrative going around, and it's an omnipresent one, and one that's being force-fed to the American public, that Patrick Mahomes is going to be this guy that is going to win, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten rings. What they don't tell you is that the phenomenon that's changed in the league is twofold. When they restructured the way that you can pay rookies or lack thereof, you don't have teams that make the make, that make top ten picks that are then on the hook for fifty or sixty million guaranteed dollars, like they used to be, like with Sam Bradford and Matt Stafford and those guys. Those guys hamstrung their franchises instantly. You have no ability to spend money on other people because you have to give a guy who's never played a snap fifty million dollars right out the gate. Jamarcus Russell, I think, had a big uh, part in that. <laughs> no <change>. question, no <laughs> question. Now we've seen it come around though where the rookie contracts have been completely restructured. So now, though, it used to be that you needed to be in the meat of your career, the middle of your career, to be able to be a quarterback that was had enough savvy, had enough reps to lead you to a Super Bowl. Now we've seen so many teams make runs at least to the big game because they can have utterly talented rosters with quarterbacks on the cheap, whether it's the Rams with Jared Goff on his rookie contract, the Seahawks with Russell Wilson when he was on his rookie contract. My question for you, though, is this. Patrick Mahomes has already signed his just ridiculous extension, his half-a-billion-dollar extension, $50 million a year. Is the window smaller than people think for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Because to me, once you start paying this guy $50 million, even if he's worth every dollar and then some, that's a lot less money you can pay Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and all these other guys. If we have learned anything from professional sports, it's that these windows are smaller than we would think because uh, there's no way they're going to be able to keep all those guys in the future, right? I mean, 10 years, 500 million. You have your quarterback. But what happens when Travis Kelsey goes away? I mean, we could play the hypothetical game sure. all we want. What about this Kansas City team without Travis Kelsey or, or anything in between? And the, thing, the way it really gets to you is not even necessarily the headline skill guys, but it's when all of a sudden you're playing four 
fifth round or later draft picks on the offensive line, then how does Mahomes operate? When all of a sudden you got to play, you know, an undrafted free agent on the edge because you don't have enough money to pay Shaq Barrett or excuse me, like a, a Frank Clark or something, you know, because Patrick Mahomes took his salary. We've seen it in Seattle. I mean, Seattle had the best defense in the league, and they weren't able to pay hard any of the guys because. Russell Wilson got all the money. Russell Wilson is a perfect example of what Kansas City could be headed towards. Totally. Yes, you're going to be good. Yes, you're going to be relevant in the post. But to put all the pieces together to try and make a championship run, that's why it's twofold number one. We have to take it in perspective that Kansas City is not going to win eight of the next ten Super Bowls. Exactly. That's, just, that's not going to happen. But number two, appreciate the run that they're currently on. Because I think it's more to three to five year window. Because I think in that division, and I'm unfortunately a Broncos fan, you look at Herbert. Down the line with the Chargers, right. new head coach. They're going to build around that. I would even say within their own division in three to five years that they're going to be challenged. What? I mean, Raiders are coming. The Raiders are coming. I mean, if Denver can get a quarterback, they've I have For success. Sure. I mean, the Chargers are they, if they learn how to win close games and now they don't have Anthony Lynn, I wouldn't say that with Rainey on here, of course. But oh, Rainey I, would be right there with you. But he'd be <laughs> cheering to the high heavens that Anthony Lynn's out. I think that we also need to appreciate what Kansas City's on in the short term because I see it more as like a three-year window. Right. And it also, it bothered me a little bit this year because they were the most unassuming 14-1 and one team going into Week 17. Yep. And it felt like that national media pundits out there and everybody were, was trying to pick at them. Ah, they're only winning by three. Ah, they only won by seven. Yep. Yep. They have been dominant. All year long. For sure. And the fact going into this game of people oh, kind of coasted through it. They have been legit all year. And, and shame on anyone that kind of believed maybe in the Bills two weeks ago. Because Kansas City, I think we all wanted to buy into maybe the upset was going to happen. When in reality, Kansas City's a well-oiled machine. But back to the question, it's a three-year window that I see it more than 10. I mean, at this point, if you would have said 10 years ago, Russell Wilson would only have one Super Bowl after his 30th birthday. Would have been you would have said, ah, that's probably that's unrealistic. He'll have more than that. Aaron Rodgers would be going into his year thirty nine of life with one ring, right? I mean, only Tom Brady gets to win a whole bunch of these things. Nobody else does. And so when your window is there, you got to. I mean, the Chiefs are going to be in the mix. They're going to have an opportunity to be a Super Bowl contender for a very long time, and that's all you can ask for. But as far as when the window closes or when it starts to close. It's coming as soon as they start to pay Patrick Mahomes that money because you're just not going to be able to afford a bunch of other guys. So, Riley, you're going to be uh, on the road until uh, less than 12 hours before this game kicks. <laughs> so we only have a few seconds left, but what's your overall take? Who's going to win this game? I think it's going to be wildly entertaining. I, I think it's a celebration that this team got, that, that the league got through the season. So that's first off. It yep. should be a celebration, but as far as the game's concerned, I'm rolling with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs, Chiefs minus three and a half. Chiefs cover the spread. I think they win between seven and ten. Fifty-six and a half. The over/under. What do you got? I'm taking the over. Thirty-eight, twenty-seven. Yeah, over. How can yeah. you not take the yeah. Chiefs with the over? Right? It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear. At the MSU Bookstore, you can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. 
your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.